Thank you for joining us in the past three episodes of Cats Talk. Wow, I can't believe it's been three episodes already. So, although you may have been used to Alyssa and Patrick, let me be the one to join you this Saturday night. I'm Sam from Tomcat Circle of Talents, welcoming you to our monthly special. Join me as we conquer YouTube on tonight's episode of Cats Talk, the official Cats podcast. So, the reason I'm here tonight instead of Alyssa and Patrick. I mean, if that's okay with you, is that we're celebrating National Indigenous Peoples Month, which is what we'll be talking about with this year's theme being Indigenous Peoples as partners in attaining peace and sustainable development. We celebrate National Indigenous Peoples Month from October 1 to 31, as stated in the Presidential Proclamation Number 1906, in a series of events held to celebrate Filipino cultural wealth and heritage. Okay, so think about it like this: we. Literally, would not be here if it weren't for our ancestors and the vast majority of our history that they've undeniably shaped. Crazy, isn't it? And with that in mind, we come to realize that knowing and remembering our roots is an important part of our lives. It gives us not just culture or history; it gives us our identity, essentially who we are as Filipinos. To truly understand the premise of why we celebrate National Indigenous Month. As trivial as it may seem to some, we need to understand the true definition of indigenous people. And according to the Indigenous Peoples Rights Act of 1997, they were a group of people or homogeneous societies identified by self-ascription and ascription by others who have continually lived as organized communities on the community-bounded and defined territory, who have, under claims of ownership since time immemorial, occupied, possessed. And utilize such territories, sharing common bonds of language, customs, traditions, and other distinctive cultural traits, or who have, through resistance to political, social, and cultural inroads of colonization, non-indigenous religions and cultures, become historically differentiated from the majority of Filipinos. Indigenous cultural communities, or indigenous people, shall likewise include people who are regarded as indigenous on account of their descent. From populations which inhabited the country at the time of conquest or colonization, or at the time of inroads of non-indigenous religions and cultures, or the establishment of present state boundaries, who retain some or all of their own social, economic, cultural, and political institutions, but who may have been displaced from their traditional domains, or who may have resettled outside their ancestral domains. When applied to the Philippine population, the term indigenous can be A bit deceptive, you know what I mean? This term connotes alien migrant populations who have, over time, become the majority of ethno-linguistic and cultural group in the land, which thereby pushes indigents to the marginal parts of social-cultural inclusion, kind of like what happened in America or the Middle East. Contrarily, regardless of the cultural, religious, ethno-linguistic, or tribal affiliations, the vast majority of people in the Philippines descend from the same Austronesian ancestral populations indigenous to the archipelago. In other words, you and I are more alike than you might think. Before we move on, why don't we talk a little bit more about their history? Throughout the 300 years of Spanish colonial rule, these communities were able to defend their territories and evade the colonizers, maintaining their relative independence while continuing to practice their own systems and ways of life. This disparate historical experience produced a dichotomy between the colonized lowland Filipinos and the uncolonized people. 
which means that it evolved a distinction between the majority of Filipino population who were colonized and subjugated early during the Spanish colonial period, and those who resisted and withdrew to remote and inaccessible areas where they retained their original ways of life. It is this latter group of peoples who today comprise the indigenous peoples of the Philippines. Amazing, isn't it? Now, let's move on to present time by tackling their current issues and awareness since this is a very important thing for us to know and be aware of. Although most indigenous communities live in isolated rural areas, a growing number are migrating to cities in search of better livelihoods and social services. Many are driven from their traditional lands by militarization, tribal conflicts, and the expansion of large-scale developmental projects, which frequently bring little or no benefits to local communities, particularly women. Many indigenous women are unable to secure employment with the mining companies and leave to find work in urban areas, suffering extreme poverty in cities. There isn't a single doubt in my mind that you and I have heard short stories like alamats and epics since childhood. But why don't we give credit where credit is due by talking about Ifugao epics? Hudhud ni Aluguyon is an Ifugao epic which talks about the mountainous regions of northern Luzon. Simply put, a Hudhud is a long tale sung during special occasions, and this particular long tale is sung during harvest. A favorite topic of the Hudhud is a folk hero named Aliguyon, a brave warrior. Henceforth, Hudhud ni Aliguyon. We must always stand by them and advocate for their human rights. Raya Esteves, 27, an Agta youth organizer. Shernan Gamol, 29, a Mangyan LGO counselor. D.M. Alburo, 24, Tagabawa Bagobo NGO founder. Merli Sudai, 29, Bukidnon Tribe Sustainable Livelihood Champion. And Jonathan Heaken, 26, a Bukidnon Tribe environmental advocate. Together with these influential indigenous young leaders, just imagine if we all had access to the same opportunities, especially if these opportunities reached our indigenous brothers and sisters, then this list of influential youth leaders might have more people. Now on a side note, the Lumad are indigenous people in the southern Mindanao region of the Philippines. For decades, the Lumad had been forced to physically defend their right to control their ancestral territories against corporate plunder and militarization. Unable to match up to the armed forces of the government and profiteers, the Lumet have had to flee their communities, and by the hands of multinational corporations and logging companies, their land has been seized. Wealthy Filipino migrants and multinationals are planting and exporting palm oil, bananas, rubber, and pineapple just to name a few. On top of all this are the unjust killings of their people. About 56% of the Philippine military have been deployed to the Mindanao region. Little do people know that their so-called peace and order is paid by the lives of the Lumad. Indigenous arts have already been tackled in our TikTok teaser, right? But for this episode, why don't we elaborate on that? First and foremost is the Bulol Ifugao sculpture. The Bulol or Anito figures are such the product of their spirit figure representation. Bulol is believed to be a certain Bagol, generic name of an Ifugao god, that marked as guardian spirits of rice granaries, forests, and etc. For some places in the Ifugao province, Bulol may even represent their ancestral figure. They believe that the spirits of their ancestors reside in the Bulol from time to time and occasionally when being asked by the Mumbaki or the native priest. Not only does this serve as a reminder of their history, they believe that these literally hold connections to their past. Pretty cool, isn't it? 
Next up is the Okir design, from the Maranao. Okir or Okil, the term for defining flowing design, is usually found in the artworks or infrastructures in the southern part of the Philippines. This is usually seen in Maranao and Muslim-related artworks, which symbolize prestige and power in their culture. Usually made up of flowing designs which is elaborated with leaf and vine patterns, the ornamental design Okir is designed into two categories, namely the class of scroll and geometric forms. In their lively language, the scroll is called Okir Adato or Gentleman's Design, as distinguished from Okir Abai or Ladies' Design, referring to the geometric forms. Last but arguably one of the more widely known national treasures are the tattoos of Kalinga. Primarily known as a warrior tribe, the Kalingas have, throughout history, fought for and defended their community. These headhunters were the warriors of their tribe who protect their villages to the extent of killing their enemies. For them, it is a symbol of bravery and courage. On the other hand, inked skin of women from the tribe are considered as a sign of beauty and elegance. Wangod Ogai is known as the last Mambabatok, or the Kalinga Tattooist, from the tribe of Butbut in Buskalan, Kalinga. Now, this has been a controversial topic in the past few years, where many people from all around the world, really, have sought to obtain a Kalinga tattoo. The process of getting one may be tougher than the climb, but the artwork is definitely unmatched. Since we're already on this topic, why don't we touch on some indigenous artists that keep the Filipino creativity alive? In 1992, the National Commission on Culture and the Arts, or the NCCA, began selecting and honoring recipients of the National Living Treasures Award, also known as the Gawad sa Manlilikhanang Bayan, through Republic Act No. 7355. It continues to be awarded today and is handed out in the form of a medal. The lives and the work of these extraordinary Filipinos exhibit a dedication to craftsmanship and excellence that are unparalleled. Through their passion, abilities, and tenacity in passing down their heritage to the youth, many cultural practices of indigenous communities were preserved. Salinta Manon, a textile weaver, was 12 when she began learning to weave the inabal, a traditional bagoba textile. In her home in Bansalan, Davao del Sur, Manon would isolate herself from family to be able to concentrate on creating her cloth and skirts, which took three to four months and a month to finish, respectively. Her favorite pattern, despite or because of its difficulty, was the binawaya or crocodile, and she continued weaving until her death in 2009. For her, not only was it a source of income, it was a source of pride as well. She and her younger sister were the only bagaba weavers left in their community, and she dreamt of having a structure built for teaching new would-be weavers. She was awarded in the year 1998. Epic chanter Federico Caballero of Kalinog, Iloilo was best known for his expertise in Sugidanon, a central Panay epic traditionally chanted while lying on a hammock, and his work in the preservation of oral literature, documenting 10 Panay Bukidnon epics in a distinct language with the close ties of Kinaraya. His love of folklore began when he was young, hearing tales of grand adventures as bedtime stories, where his mother taught him to recite epics in lieu of doing household chores. In his spare time, he also works for the Department of Education's Bureau of Non-Formal Education, teaching the elderly to read and write. He was awarded in the year 2000. Weaving pandan mats is a long and difficult process that is handed down from woman to woman across generations. Pandan leaves are harvested and made into narrow, long strips, which are then sun-dried, pressed, and dyed before finally becoming suitable for weaving. The resulting mats are used for sleeping, saying prayers are given as gifts to newlyweds. 
Haja Amina Api of Tandubas Tawitawi created intricate mats that boast beautiful geometric designs, vibrant colors, and fine symmetry. She was awarded the National Living Treasure in 2004. She experimented with her work and developed her own tints to create the hues she had in mind. Abby passed away in 2013, but her art lives on through her children and other young women in her community. However, there are more indigenous artists that keep working to make their culture more known that we must keep an eye on to support. Not only can we support their advocacies, but we can also help with their livelihood by supporting their handmade or local products. Indigenous people are hard-pressed to find more sources of income as they remain among the poorest in our country. The Ibalawi tribe specializes in wood carving and weaving skills, to which they can introduce to the market. The Subanan, meanwhile, are known for their beadwork and embroidery. These two tribes are but a few examples of how we can show our support to our own people. Buying their products not only shows our compassion, but helps their own individual communities and cultures to thrive. I hope you enjoyed celebrating and learning about the indigenous people through this episode. I know I have. And with that being said, may we all continue to cherish, respect, and take care of our beautiful culture as a country bestowed with this gift. Let us never take for granted our diversity as we continue to fight and uphold the same human rights to which everyone is entitled to. Again, I'm Sam from Tomcat's Circle of Talents saying thank you and good night for joining me on tonight's monthly special of Cats Talk. Take it easy. Thank you.